and welcome again to Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kellett, your host. Delighted to be back on the air. I hope I remember how to do this. Been off for a few days. Thank you to everybody who filled in, including Jerry Usher and Sherry. And uh, what's the name of that other guy that filled in? What's it was, uh, yeah, David? Sherry and somebody. Was that other guy. guy. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, it'll come to us during the course of the show. It will come to us at some point. Uh, I am not at home, however, on the road here. Delighted to be in uh, Oklahoma. We're in Broken Arrow, right? We're not in Tulsa. Correct. All right. We're yeah. in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, uh, with uh, the the men of the Catholic Men Show, David Niles and Adam Minahan. Hello, David and Adam. Hello, Cy. What's going on, man? Uh, thank you very much for the, the invite to come here to the fine state of Oklahoma. It always feels good to leave California for a little while, come back to America. Um, oh, <laughs> wait. That came out wrong. I apologize. That came out wrong. Uh, tell, uh, tell, if, let's take turns. We'll start with you, David. Um, uh, you, the Catholic Man Show. Yeah. How long has it been going on? Where can people find it? About three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have a we have this thing called a website. Um, you have a website. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's the new rage. Everybody's doing it these days. Uh, it's called thecatholicmanshow.com. Wow. Yeah. Right. And so if you technical. have one of these uh, internet protocol devices, you can actually visit that website. And, and find out and, all about the Catholic Man yes, Show. Yes, you can all find right. information there. And uh, you do the show with Adam. He's the one with the sense of humor, obviously. Naturally. Um, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> and so, but uh, it's not just the Catholic Man Show. You have a radio station here. That's right. Yeah, Arrow. St. Michael Catholic Radio. We started that oh, 2013, so about five years ago, four, six years ago. Wow. Yeah. And uh, our our topic first hour is going to be authentic friendship. You you two have been friends since what major event in your lives? Kindergarten. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. kindergarten. That is a major event. Yeah. And, uh, and specifically recess because that's the biggest event during kindergarten. Yes. Right. It's like recess, right. lunch, and then everything else. I actually only remember one day of kindergarten. It was the day we made chocolate pudding. Uh, that oh. stuck with me. Like that if, is you know, a big day. If, if you make chocolate pudding, uh, that's a yeah. So um, you're still friends. Yes. You you run this radio station together. Do Shockingly, you, you do yes. the yeah. You do the Catholic <laughs> Man Show together. You're both fathers now of what between you what about six seven kids. Oh, see, right. I have three and one on the way, and you have three. We have three. I'm gonna, yes. I got my, my math says that's seven. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, what is it that this thing, what is, what is friendship? We're going to talk a little bit about authentic friendship. You guys have been living it. What is it? Yeah, so friendship is something that I think is very common to the everyday experience that most people would say, oh, well, friendship is friendship. But it's, it's almost so common, it's difficult to define. Yes, right. Um, so if I was going to define it, I would say that it's goodwill shared between two people uh, whose lives overlap, okay? So you're living lives, your lives together. You're, you're just doing the day-to-day things with each other, um, and you don't hate each other. I mean, the, you know, the very <laughs> yeah. basic, right. basic C- definition. C.S. Lewis had a great saying that said, he said, uh, you're a true friend whenever you, you realize somebody else, you, you see somebody else, you go, no way, you too? Ah, uh, yeah, it's right, right. Yeah, so. Well, as so many things with Lewis, he gets it right in in one little phrase. Uh, if you'd like to talk with us about authentic friendship, eight 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 three one eight seven eight eight four is the number. That's triple eight thirty one truth. And it does seem to me, and I'll ask you guys about this. It seems that we're in a bit of a crisis of friendship. We certainly have. Millions and millions of people, um, and it gets worse every year, apparently, over the course of, say, the last 10 or 15 years, expressing to pollsters and, and, those, and, and, um, and researchers that they're more lonely. And so one would guess that 
more loneliness means less friendship. Also, I'll throw out there, I, it seems to me that uh, it may be this way for both men and women, I don't know, but speaking as a man and seeing uh, young men today, the there's a kind of way in which two men get close to one another and then there's a kind of fear that that's going to get tongues wagging or something because friendship has been so sexualized in much of the mm -hmm. culture. Uh, would you, would the two of you agree with me that friendship, that this is a kind of a time of crisis for friendship? And then uh, how would you describe that crisis if you do? Yeah, I definitely think that it, there's a time of crisis in friendship, mainly because society has made us like so inward. We're thinking about ourselves. Technology has brought us so deep within ourselves where we're not even having good conversations with people any longer, even people in yeah. the business workplace. There's no there's no longer a good conversation. Like, hey, let's go have lunch and just have a real human interaction between one another. I think so there's no there's not these natural things any longer where, hey, let's go ride the we're riding the, the bus together and have a natural conversation because you go on the bus and everybody's on the phone. That's a very good point. You yeah. Know, so so no a lack natural. of conversation would certainly lead to a lack of friendship. If you won't talk to one another Right. It's pretty hard to be friends. Yeah, and our culture, the values of our culture have just gotten so skewed. One of the things they value higher than anything is sex. Um, you're right to have it with, you, with whoever you want, when you want to do it, in the way that you want to do it, whatever makes you happiest, yeah. so to speak. And so because that's one of our highest values, I think that our, cult our culture would say if there's a relationship – here, it must be about sex because that's what's most important to the culture. Uh, and and so it's just a, yeah. it's, it's because they've lost the true, the good and the beautiful. You know, they, they've lost touch with those real things in life. Not that sex isn't real. I mean, of, of course it is, but uh, they've lost the context. If we're just, if that's what we're about, we, we become uh, kind of animalized rather than humanized, right? We're, we're yeah. just, we're just trying to feed our animal appetites instead of, uh, there is a, we have an appetite for conversation, for example, mm -hmm. and, and that's missing now, or, or it's, it's buried under all this other stuff or people don't get to fully, uh, have it realized in their life. Mm -hmm. it, it strikes me that the Christian understanding of God as a triune God as an eternal communion, as an eternal sharing of selves. Um, and, and then the scriptural revelation that we are made in the image and likeness of God suggests that we're made for communion as well. We're made for the full, perfect sharing of selves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that men in, in particular have been, you know, the devil is so good at dividing and conquering. And so He's so good at that. So for men, I think that a lot of times guys don't realize that I'm the only one doing this. I'm the only one struggling with this. Yeah. They feel like that there's no way out. I'm the only one that's really struggling with this. In fact, uh, and who they surround themselves with is going to be uh, how they interpret that reality. In fact, St. Augustine in his confessions, he talks about this. When he was younger, he had a, a group of friends and he had he, – he talks about how he stole a, uh, I think, peach or a pear from yeah, a pear some, from, some from a tree, uh, from a guy when he was young, and the pear wasn't even good. It didn't even taste good. He stole it because his friends were like, "Hey, let's go steal this." Uh -huh. And so he wasn't hungry. It wasn't that he wanted it. He needed it, right. but because he was surrounded with those people, he went and stole that. Now, fast forward a few years. And he surrounded himself with St. Ambrose. Yeah. And St. Ambrose is telling him that, no, 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 you need, you need to focus on prayer. You need to focus on, on the reality of God. 
and now he's a doctor of the church. So I think it, it really depends. Friendship is so important for our sanctity, for yes. our salvation, right. to have people around us with the, the common foundation, namely Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so it's so important for especially men to have, have, have people around them. And, and the, the thing is that you, the, the, as we become wealthier and there's air conditioning everywhere, it's possible to really live an isolated life and have a, a simulation of friendship. You know, the, the people on TV are your friends, you know, and you can, right. you don't even, I mean, even, you don't even have to go through the drive-through. Like people will go, ah, it's too much trouble to go through the drive-through. I'll just call Grubhub. Like that, if, if, <laughs> if you're so isolated that it's too much trouble to drive through the drive-through, that's a, that's a culture with a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me give out the number again. 888-318-7884 is the number. I am Cy Kelly, your host, joined by David Niles and Adam Minahan of the Catholic Man Show. You both uh, gave, recently gave a talk at the um, up at Mundelein, right? At yes. The, at the Courage Gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, Courage is probably the largest international Catholic group for people who experience same-sex attraction. And so you talked on friendship. Yeah, Father Bochanski was, uh, was kind enough to invite us out there to talk to them. We had, we had so much fun up there in Mundelein. One, it's beautiful. Have you been to Mundelein before, Cy? Si? Why did you – why are you trying to make me look bad? No, I've never been there. You know, I don't remember. It, no. Well, it, it was our first time to go. Yeah, it was well. our first time. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> no, but it was absolutely beautiful. We had a chance to, to hang out with Father Bochanski, who, who is the executive director of, of Courage. He's been on Catholic Answers. Many times, yeah. yeah and uh, we had a chance to, to interact with so many great people there. It was so much fun. Yeah, but we had yeah. that. That really was really a good experience, just being surrounded by all these people dedicated to living their faith. Uh, it was just there was an energy just being there. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a great time, and so yeah, we were speaking on this topic of authentic friendship, and really the the kind of the guy who wrote the book on friendship, as it were, is Aristotle. He outlined three different types of friendship. Um, they are friendships of utility, friendships of pleasure, and then what he calls authentic friendship. So an, uh, a friendship of utility is a friendship where both parties gain something from the relationship. So it could be a coworker or just, you know, oh, I'm friends with him and maybe we, uh, he gets me this benefit, whatever it is. We have a lot of these, these types of relationships. And then friendship of pleasure would be someone you just simply enjoy being with. Yeah. Maybe a drinking buddy. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody you go to the coffee shop with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this authentic level of friendship, he said, this is really what we should be striving for. But it's very difficult to find and it's difficult to achieve. And Aristotle said that not everyone is even capable of doing it mm -hmm. because in order to have an authentic friendship, you have to both parties must be dedicated to the pursuit of virtue. And that must be really the heart of the friendship itself, that we're both pursuing the good life, as Aristotle puts it, and that I'm helping you get there, you're helping me get there, and that our lives are really intertwined in a, in a much deeper, deeper way than somebody that, you know, you go to baseball games with or... Or something like that. All right. So you get to the the point of willing the good of the other, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and but all not just willing any good for the other, but willing the highest good right. for the other. And then you're assisting that person towards the highest good. Right. Yeah. So for us, especially as Christians, that kind of changes the game a little bit because now that we have this benefit of divine revelation, 
we know what the highest good is. And so that, you know, that's Jesus Christ. Amen. So for us as Christians, Christ has to be that center. Right. Otherwise, I'm not sure that you can really call it an authentic relationship. Uh, you know, sort of like once you know something, you can't unknow it. Yeah. Um, and so Christ raises the bar for us and, and our relationships with one another. And so um, the same thing is true, especially in the friendships that we have. So, you know, if you're going to have a deep, authentic relationship with someone, a deep friendship, Christ needs to be at the middle of it for us as Christians. It's amazing, too, how many of the saints had those kind of uh, friendships. Yeah. You know, you, you, you see the uh, all throughout the history of, of sainthood, uh, there are these kind of, I mean, I mean I, in a certain way, I don't know how much of a friendship it was, but even our, our the, before Pope Francis, the two pri- previous popes, they're like partners in in doing this work together and helping one another do it. Uh, and this may be a, a, an ingredient that we're, we, we think we're searching, we're, you know, you can get all the self-help books you want. You can get all the great books from, you know, whatever Catholic uh, book publisher you want, but it can't entirely be a, a, a journey made on one's own. You, no. you, it, it's we're not, not made a, for that. No. We're made for communion. Amen, brother. Uh, 888-318-7884 is the number. Maybe you're experiencing some loneliness uh, in your life or maybe someone that uh, is important to you in your family, a child, a parent is, and you'd like to talk about authentic friendship uh, in in that regard, 888-318-7884. Or maybe you're uh, struggling uh, in friendship yourself and you'd like some uh, pointers on how to uh, deepen friendship with others or pursue uh, more satisfying uh, fuller, more humane friendships, 888-318-7884. Our guests are the hosts and creators of the Catholic Man Show, Adam Minahan and David. Uh, no, I, 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 I should guy. explain why we're, we're making that joke about not remembering people's names because our president, Chris Check, was hosting Catholic Answers while I was away. And he said, oh, so is going to go be in Tulsa with Adam Minahan and that other guy. What's that other guy's name? What's that other guy's he's, name? He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I don't even remember his name. Uh, so that's why we're making that joke. David Niles, uh, the other guest. 888-318-7884, the number. We're very happy to take your calls. Hey, uh, you're, you probably, almost all Catholics have heard this uh, news. Pew Research did a poll just recently. One-third, one-third of U.S. Catholics either understand or agree with what the church says the Eucharist is, the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. One third of Catholics. Uh, we want to do our part to remedy that. So we've got a free ebook for you. Uh, it's called Face to Face with Jesus, the Catholic Doctrine of the Eucharist. Uh, download your copy free today by checking the free ebook banner at shop.catholic.com. Get your free ebook at shop.catholic.com and come closer to the one thing that matters, the Eucharist. Call us now with your question on Catholic Answers Live. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. When you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior. The Doctor is in with Dr. Ray Garendi. This afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio. The Aquinas Writing Advantage Program is part of Homeschool Connections' set of online courses for your Catholic homeschool. Homeschool Connections' website is homeschoolconnections.com. 
Underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects homebuyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. On the web at realestateforlife.org. from beautiful Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Delighted to be here with Adam Minahan and David Niles, the hosts of the Catholic Man Show and uh, the guys who run St. Michael Radio right here in uh, uh, Broken Arrow. And I've uh, been doing so since t- t- 2013, huh? 2000, yeah. You guys have done a lot because uh, uh, all of your children have been born since then, correct? So you guys That's are correct. correct, yeah. Yes. Wow, it's been a, a good six years for you. It's been, yes, absolutely. yeah. yeah. Can't complain that's, at all. That's true. <laughs> well, well, that's good because it's such a blessing. Everywhere where there's Catholic radio, it's such a blessing. And I hope that, I mean, I see you have, we have lots and lots of folks here with us. I hope you all are supporting uh, the efforts of uh, St. Michael's radio, uh, but it's important everywhere. I mean, bit by bit, we Catholics, we're working our way in there. You know, I used to give talks on Catholic radio and there, at the time there were 1,500 Protestant radio stations in the United States and there were about 100 Catholic radio stations. Wow. This is maybe eight or so years ago. Uh, today, we're uh, well over 400 Catholic radio stations in the U.S. So yes. we're, we're little by little. Praise God. The, yeah, the message is getting out because of people like you. And thank you very much for doing it. We're talking about authentic friendship this hour with two very good friends. Uh, they've been friends since kindergarten. Uh, they, they they now are partners in the effort of the man show and on the on uh, uh, St. Michael's radio. And um, do you live near each other? Or? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the funny thing about it is that after, after we got out of college, we, we moved in together, and then we, I got married, he got married, he moved away, and then a house came Wait a second, sale. you said I got married, he got married, he yeah. moved away. Like, so that means when you got married, he was still living with you? When he, yeah, because I started paying rent. That is, I, I had was, to pay rent still. And then, and then his beautiful wife, Haley, got pregnant, and that's when I said, all right, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, so he moved out, and then— Oh, you did not want to deal with a pregnant woman in the house. Is that what you're saying? I, Ooh, that's, I just knew oh, that— come on it's, It was time. Yeah, I think if it— <laughs> It perhaps, was time. Perhaps past time, yeah. David, some it's might one, say. One may say. Okay, so how close are you now to one another? We're across the street from you each live, other. Okay, yeah. and your so, kids are all the same ages. Yeah, and, same ages, so now they're becoming friends, which is awesome. It's I've, right. I've learned, be, being a dad, that it's so important to be able to provide good friends for your kids, so I'm yeah. really thankful yeah. for that opportunity. That's wonderful. And Okay, so now all that time, um, do you you— were you both kind of always Catholic together? Did you help each other out in that regard? Have you strengthened each other's faith on that journey? Or? Yeah. So when we went to college, our, you know, our stories are very similar. We both kind of walked away from the faith. Mm-hmm. It's not that, and I'll speak for myself, it's not that I rejected the faith. I just kind of, I became apathetic. I just, okay. you know, said, oh, I'll come back to that later. And praise God, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not a strategy I recommend. Um, but us... Moving in together after college was definitely a catalyst for that um, and sor- certainly a reinforcement of, of that decision to begin practicing the faith. I remember one day one of us came up to the other one and said, hey, I- I've got a, a crazy idea. What if we went to church this Sunday? And I remember it like, whoa, that is a crazy idea. <laughs> okay. All right. You know. Wild men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. If, if I may, uh, um, I have a, a best friend, very similar. I mean, we live very far apart from each other. We live right. on opposite ends of the country now, but um, uh, very close. And I 
think uh, I cannot imagine my faith in Jesus being what it is without him. I mm. just can't imagine it. So one day, uh, I don't know, we were talking and another friend was there and, we're, and uh, somebody was saying about going on a date with somebody. And uh, she said to us, this friend of ours who had known us for quite a while, I assumed the two of you were gay. To which we said, why would you assume that? Like, that seems like a very odd thing to assume. But the, it was uh, maybe, you know, people are not used to men who are close to one another, who yeah. love one another, who yeah. go to mass together, that that kind of thing. Does that – have you? Is it just me? Like, is it the, the way I act that's better to say that? I, I want to know, are, are, do, are, do people kind of wonder about your closeness to one another? Only, only in the comment section on Facebook. Really? Yeah. Or at least they don't say it say it to my face, but <laughs> but the internet is a is a weird world, a, man. Yeah. yeah, that's why I try to stay out of it as much as I can. But the, the it strikes me that people think that that's a mature and grown up way, like oh I'm in on something clever or something. But you're not. You're missing out on something beautiful right. if you decide you're going to sexualize everyone's friendship. If you're no. going to be I, oh I ha- I don't know about those two. Like okay. and not only beautiful but essential. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's going to be harder for you to get to heaven if you don't have companions. Um, and you know, I'll just speak from the the male perspective. If you don't have a brother fighting by your side, yeah, then you're going to lose the battle. Well, I'm not going to say you're going to lose the battle. Everyone has Christ by their side, but the more people you have on your team, the better chances you have. So, yeah, I mean, without someone who can hold you accountable, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna give yourself a pass on certain things. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we've been talking about virtue, right? And virtue is the habit of doing the good. And sometimes it's hard to do the good. It's right. not. It's not sometimes natural to do good. It's not easy to do that. But having that guy beside you said, "Hey, we're going to mass today." Right. Let's go. We're going. That right. kind of reinforces your decision. Yep, we got to go. Yeah, because I feel like, and and within my friendship that I was mentioning, I feel like I'm the guy who I love to pray when I feel like praying. <laughs> And he's the guy that says, it doesn't matter if you feel like it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. time to pray. Like you just, and that, that changed me. That may, and maybe I had some positive effects on him as well, but I do think that's part of why you need that other person there uh, mm-hmm. to help you. 888-318-7884. A bunch of people want to talk to you on the phone. I've been monopolizing you, so we'll uh, go to the phones. Uh, Carl in Dallas, Texas, listening on AM 910 Guadalupe Radio. Carl, your question for Adam and David. This is a little variation on the theme, but I'm a recent um, empty nester, and my wife and I raised four children, and we both have busy careers. And now I'm at the point of going, oh, who is this beautiful woman I'm living with? Oh, look at that, you know. Um, I don't really know this person as much as I would like to. And so I'm kind of in that position of um, kind of reestablishing a relationship or a deeper friendship. With my wife asking my children are gone, and I wondered if, from your perspective, you could give me um, a word of encouragement or advice. Well, first of all, God bless you for uh, the, you know for pursuing friendship with your wife. I think friendship and marriage, although friendship is not necessary for marriage to be good, because so many goods are produced by marriage, like children like stability in society. It's not essential that husbands and wives be friends in order for the marriage to be called a good thing. But friendship and marriage is one of the great, greatest possible goods you can achieve in this life. 
Yeah, Carl, I think that's a great question. I'm glad I'm glad you asked it. I would kind of ask, and you don't have to re, you don't have to respond to this right now, but I would I, I would think back onto what did you do when you were dating your wife when you were courting her? You said you know obviously she's a beautiful woman and she's a beautiful wife. So what made you attracted to her? What did you guys go do first? I would go back to what you what you did when you first started dating. What were your common interests? I would I'd make sure to we talked about it earlier to make sure that you have these these common grounds. So make sure um, you have you're praying together. I think prayers is, is with husband and wife is absolutely important. But I would also think about what were the things that you did before you guys got married, before you had kids, and and, and go do those. Yeah, uh, Carl. This is a, a really good question, and a, this is one of the things that Aristotle actually got wrong about friendship. He said that a husband and a wife could not be friends because Mrs. Aristotle must have been thrilled to hear that. Well, yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> back in Aristotle's day, men and women were not on equal footing socially, right. and so Aristotle said that a boss could never be friends with a laborer, and that people of different classes um, would never be able to have a friendship, a, a real friendship. Um, we know that that is wrong uh, because we know that our dignity is all comes from the same place. Okay, so w we are all equal with each other. Um, I would say for you to simply do the things that are day-to-day. -day, um, you know, friendship comes from having these overlapping lives. Do the dishes together. Just spend time with each other. And that is really the basis for friendship. Try listening to her, too. I found that that does the trick a lot. 888-318-7884. The number will be right back with more Authentic Friendship with Adam and David on Kathy Gansers Live right after this. Catholic Answers Live. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Turns out that today, as back then, this question has a lot of different answers. So many groups want to appropriate Jesus, tweaking his identity until he looks and sounds just like one of them. But then you no longer have the Lord, says apologist Trent Horn. You have an imposter. In his new groundbreaking book, Counterfeit Christ, Trent exposes 18 phony versions of Jesus that we encounter today, helping you to recognize the fakes when you see them, explain why they're phony, and make a case for the full truth and beauty of who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Order your copy of Counterfeit Christ today by calling one 291 8000 visiting the shop at catholic.com, or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Tim Staples, Trent Horn, Cy Kellett, Chris Check, Carlo Broussard. Our on-fire lineup of speakers will inform and inspire your audience to grow in their Catholic faith. For more information on booking a Catholic Answer speaker for your event, visit CatholicAnswerSpeakers.com today. Love and beauty. As a little girl, Dawn Eden Goldstein knew that she wanted those things, that in them somehow she would find God. Over the years as a rock journalist, she moved among some of popular music's best known artists, straining to capture that transcendent love and beauty in every note and lyric. In Sunday Will Never Be the Same, Dawn recounts her spiritual journey in beautifully wrought detail, mixing powerful accounts of trauma, healing, and epiphany with funny anecdotes from inside the music scene. It is the rare conversion story that delights as it inspires, amuses as it edifies, and ultimately lays before the reader a lived testimony to the transforming grace of Christ. Order your copy of Sunday Will Never Be the Same by calling one 888 
291-8000, visiting the shop at catholic.com, or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders. Do you have questions about the Catholic faith? Listen for the best of Cold to Communion on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and live on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Called to Communion on EWTN Radio. Now, back to Catholic Answers Live. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live, coming to you from Oklahoma today, uh, where it's very, it doesn't, I have to say I had a prejudice in me. I thought August in Oklahoma might be really hot. And it's not terribly, terribly hot. You got lucky. We had a, I got lucky. a storm last night yeah. that cooled everything off. You weren't here yesterday. Yeah. Oh, really? It's one yeah. of those deals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, now my whole impression of Oklahoma in August is going to be like, it's fine. Go yeah. ahead. Go. And you know what? Uh, it is really hard to cool a teepee in 100, 105 degree weather. Yeah. Which of you lives in a teepee? Well, everybody does around here. I was not aware of that. <laughs> Are you yeah. all live in teepees. Yeah. This is a, just a big teepee right here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The horse gets tired, too, from the heat. <laughs> In the heat? Yeah. Yeah. You have one horse. Okay, so this is my now. This is my impression now that I have of Broca, Broken Arrow, o- Oklahoma. Everybody lives in teepees, and there's one horse. Does that? Yeah. Would you say that's yeah. an accurate one horse town? That's weird. People are nodding. Like, yeah. yes, that is yeah. us. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, 888-318-7884 is the number. If you prefer the spelled version, 888-31-TRUTH. You're listening to Catholic Answers Live. Our guests are Adam Minahan and David Niles. Together, they are the hosts of the Catholic Man Show, which you can find at catholicmanshow.com or on select Catholic radio stations around Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, we're talking authentic friendship this hour, and you get the strong impression when you're around Adam and David that they are living an authentic friendship with one another. It's a beautiful thing, and one that the world needs more of. We have an absolute epidemic of loneliness sweeping the nation, and for many people, I'll throw this out to you. There are many people I, I meet, actually. You know, you go out and do talks in various places who are lonely through absolutely no fault of their own. You can see interacting with the person that this is a, a, a fine person to make a great friend, but th- it's that there's no one there. People are not going to the events at the parishes or or they're not going to clubs and things like they used to, you know, like the Elks Club or the Moose Lodge or whatever the, the club was that people used to go to, the, uh, the Fraternal Order or the Buffalo or whatever. And is that a real thing? I believe that that was Fred Flintstone's uh, <laughs> club. I can't remember, but the the it, it's I, like I often feel really badly for people who will say I'm I'm doing everything I can. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, this, right. people are not socializing in the way they used to socialize. It's hard to make friends and to find friends. No, no, I I agree, and that's something that we have heard a lot. Um, we've given talks also on how to start men's groups. Mm-hmm. Um, women seem to be able to make friends a little bit better than men. Uh, they're just more of a, re- they're receivers, you know, and men have to kind they're of, way, they're nicer. Come on. They're and way, holier. Are way nicer than men. They're way holier. Than oh yeah. Too. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But, but they're good at, re- you know, being receptive to one another. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm trying to say. Men have to almost put it on the calendar, you know, to be intentional about doing something today. They, they have to not only put it on their calendar, they have to put it on their wife's calendar so she'll remind them right. to go to the event. Get today, that, te- get that te- reminder text message. Right, yeah. 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 Today will be a friend. Okay. Right. The next 30 minutes, I will be friendly. Yeah. 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 
Well, I have a friend. I, uh, uh, he's a deacon, Deacon John, and uh, he always says, if we don't know one another, we can't love one another. Mm. And but there's something in men that really we are capable of just putting on the football games on Saturday and Sunday and just we're on our own. We're in a right. different world, you know? Yeah. Um, but we got to get, you got to come out. I mean, you, if, if not for yourself, for the other people who, who need, we need to have human contact with one another. Right. All right. Triple eight thirty one truth is the number Kim's up next. Kim's in Providence, Rhode Island, listening to channel one thirty. That's EWTN on Sirius XM satellite radio. Kim, your question for David and Adam. Hi there. I live in a very small state. Um, I live in Rhode Island. I That's actually the smallest state. It's there there are no smaller states yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I listened to your convo earlier about how, you know, society has become a little bit uh sexualized and I really don't fit in that category. I'm I'm an introvert. Um and I just what are some tips on making authentic fr- uh, friendships? that, you know, are based on our highest self and um, something that's, you know, long-lasting. I'm single, I'm an animal lover, but um, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm more of like a brainiac kind of woman. I have a law degree. Um, I'm quiet, but I am searching for, you know, my life partner, and uh, I'd just like to have some tips, uh, you know, from a man's point of view. Um, for an authentic friendship. Yeah, Kim, um, I would say look for someone who's doing the things that you like to do. So if you have a hobby um, or if there's something just, you know, what, what do you like to do for leisure? If you can find a friend, you know, who's doing these things as well, that is a really good candidate for someone who could be, uh, you know, a deeper level of friendship because an important element of friendship is that you have and do things in common. Um, and so if you, you know, sometimes you just meet somebody and right away, you know, we're going to be friends. You know, somehow you can, there's just something about it within a few minutes, you can just tell we're going to be friends. And then there's other people that you like and have goodwill. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a good Catholic. You're a good Catholic. I just don't really have anything to say to you. And I don't know why, you know, I want to be friendly, but conversation is a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, between two people. Um, so if you can find somebody, like if you could find somebody who likes law, who's, who's Catholic, I mean, that would be perfect. Um, or just whatever else, you, whatever your hobbies are. I don't know, Adam, do you? Yeah, I would just say, make sure you, you go to your parish events, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like women's groups, men's groups. There's a lot of parish events that are happening, um, in your local area that that's the way to be able to find, not only people that are uh, have the same common ground, but the same religion, you know, the same faith background as you yeah. do. Which ultimately, if you're looking for that authentic friendship, Jesus must be the foundation in in this friendship. So right. you already got that that box checked off, right, Sai? Amen. Yeah, and but the, I, I think sometimes people we we act as if friendship is supposed to be just come naturally to everybody, and it is. There are actually skills to sure. uh, being a good friend and and that kind of thing, and you got to you can. Uh, conscientiously work on those uh, skills. You can work on those things that make it possible uh, uh, to be a good friend and to for someone else to to find that in you. Um, it's um, the the hard thing is that so many people have made Netflix their best friend yeah. or whatever it is. You know, yeah. um, 
uh, to be just brutally frank, for men, it's it's heartbreaking. But many pornography is their primary mm. human contact, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And, you know, people are losing years and decades of their lives in these solitary pursuits. And it actually means that someone, you know, like you, Kim, has to be very intentional about it, very intentional about this is going to be you know, something I'm going to work on, like you, you would work on something if you were going to be writing a book or if you were going to be, you know, uh, you know, making a new product or something, because it's, it, it's not something that's coming natural to other people as well, you know, and, and, you know, if you're looking for a husband, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say to men, except get away from that computer screen because there are really good women who need a husband and you need to be that man. You need to mm. start being that yeah. man now. Um, I'm going to tell you one other secret. Okay. And I don't know if Adam and, and David, I got, I got my David pen out. Yeah. I'm no, no, this notes. is about men. Can I write oh, it down? Okay. Oh. okay. Most men need a woman to grow them up. Like we don't mm. really grow up until a woman says, knock it off. Whatever it is that we're doing, knock mm. it off. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, what, what, and, why was there so much reaction to that? Yeah. Right. Uh, the men are saying nothing. Yeah. Like, uh, but, there, you know, whether, whether our thing is, you know, uh, I don't know, drinking or pornography or just we're not very nice or whatever. Until a woman says, knock it off, you mm. need to get join the human race. Yeah. We can just kind of grunt and go through life. So, yeah. um, and, and Kim, I would just say that sometimes you have to be, even though you're an introvert, you might not like to do this. You might have to be the one to start something. So in, invite somebody over for lunch that you think... You know, it's like, oh, I know them, and I kind of kind of like them. Because very often you can know someone for a long time, and then maybe you'll go somewhere together or do something, and you realize, oh, I didn't know mm. you liked all these things, and I didn't know we had so much in common. And all of a sudden you can develop this friendship when you've known them, you know, for, for so long. So there could be people at your parish or, you know, wherever. So just invite them over for lunch. I mean, and if it doesn't, Work out. That's just the way it goes. How's that, Kim? Were we any help at all? Think outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kim, part, part of it also is, is to be vulnerable. I think it's really t- tough to be vulnerable these days. We don't have the opportunity to be vulnerable, and we're always worried about, well, if I share this part of my life with this person, they may not like it. They may reject it. You know, they may they may think differently about me. And we have to get over. You know, uh, being Catholic, you have to kind of be uncomfortable with or be comfortable with being uncomfortable you have to step out of the box you have to be able to be a little bit vulnerable to be able to share your life with somebody else uh kim we got to leave it there because we have to go to a break thank you very very much for that call and god bless you in your in your search i'm sure that he will uh triple eight thirty one truth is the number we're talking authentic friendship uh with two fine friends david niles and adam minahan the men behind the catholic men show the the motto of which is cheers to jesus yes we're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Okay. I like cheers to Jesus. Ooh, ooh, I feel like I can remember that We one. say both. We you say, say both. both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're interchangeable. All right. <laughs> hey, we, did, we have that free ebook. I don't want you to miss out on it. If you'd like uh, face-to-face with Jesus, the Catholic doctrine of the Eucharist, maybe for yourself, maybe for someone else, uh, maybe you'd just like to read it so you're prepared to have that conversation with uh, someone in your family, including your children. Uh, we have that research out, really heartbreaking research that only one-third of uh, Catholics either accept or know the Catholic teaching on the presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Uh, that's why we made this free ebook available to you. Just go to shop.com 
shop.catholic.com. Shop.catholic.com. Click on the free ebook banner and get your free copy of Face to Face with Jesus, the Catholic Doctrine of the Eucharist. This is Archbishop Paul Coakley, the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, and you're listening to Catholic Answers Live. He is only one of four popes honored as the great. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Leo I was pope at a time when Roman civilization was being overrun by barbarian armies. He stood as a light in the darkness and even saved the city of Rome from destruction by Attila and the Huns. Leo died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in His Church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teens spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. back in the swing of it now took a week off i'm starting to feel like right now after like 45 minutes of radio i'm starting to feel like i can remember how to do it uh you are listening to catholic answers live i am cy kellett your host and our guests adam minahan and uh david niles don't worry though we got better guests the second hour uh just make it through this one and we got really good, <laughs> good guests next hour we're gonna talk about fatherhood with two Tremendous fathers. 888-318-7884 is the number. 888-31-TRUTH. If you have questions about authentic friendship, you are welcome to call. 888-318-7884. One thing we have not touched on, and before I go to our next caller, I want to ask you about this. I actually sometimes feel somewhat anxious in conversations with people these days because everything in the world seems so polarized. Like that Mm. you're afraid to say... You know, just to be yourself because, um, you know, maybe, you know, you're a Democrat. This person's a Republican. You're a Republican. This person's a Democrat. You're a, I, I don't know, you're a, a socialist and the other person is like normal or, you know, what, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean that in a bad Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, the, but you see what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. the, the, the culture is so polarized that you almost, you're on pins and needles around other people sometimes as you're getting to know them. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's absolutely true. And it's that way with everything. Uh, you know, politics, of course, but um, there are just certain issues that you can't be on the fence about, you know, and especially for us as conservatives, it seems like at work or out in public, don't tell people how you feel or what you think about this, you know. Dude, because, you should come to California. Yeah, I'm, I can only imagine. Um I don't know why that's happening. I think it's probably... But I hate of, it. A lot of the social media has probably fueled that fire. Yeah. Everybody has to pick a side. Pick you know? a side on everything. And you have to. And it's like... Right. Do, yeah. you hear, do you hear what this person did today? Do you like it or do you not like it? You know, right. It's like, it, it wears you out. And right. I think that people aren't actually discussing these ideas. They're not actually having conversations about them. Mm-hmm. They're just... just- they're using them as like, a, oh, that's an indicator. I can hang out with you. I can't hang out with you. You're right. in my team. You're not on my team. They're just picking sides, right? They're not yeah. actually discussing ideas. Because I've found that when you challenge someone 
on or you know think think about Trent Horn on the uh, why are you pro choice episodes. Yeah, he'll ask them a few questions and then it becomes pretty obvious that this person has never actually pondered their own position on abortion. Right. You right. know they've never actually thought about it. No. And so I think that's really the case for so much of this uh, division between us. But I, it seems like there are people who can just have a friendship. You know, okay, so you disagree with me on even a grave moral issue. Mm-hmm. But but there's that's still, there's still a level of friendship we could have. You could come over to my house. We could hang out. You know, we could watch the game together or whatever. But, but it seems like there's even less tolerance of that. Like, you can't right. even watch a baseball game with me because, you know, I don't know, you're pro-death penalty and I'm anti-death penalty or what, or you like Pope Francis and I don't like both. Whatever. You, right. Like we can't even. I, it's, it just seems off the rails to me. Yeah. And I think that, Jesus, you know, Jesus prayed that we'd all be one. You know, so it's yeah. definitely so, so, so frustrating. I think the devil is just sitting there smiling. When, like I said, we, he's, a, he's a divider and conqueror. So like he divides everybody up. He, he's sitting there smiling. So I think that's important that, that we have prayer. I think prayer is so important to make sure that we, we come back together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus was not very selective in his friends. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah. if, if you wanted to be his right. friend, he would welcome to be your friend. Yeah. He was selected you know? for the first 12. Yeah, right. And but he the, didn't the, even get all those right. right. But, the, the, um, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, you're a tax collector in a tree. I'll hang out with you. Right. You know, you're a wine drinker or a prostitute. or uh, you're, But we, uh, somehow people have to be good enough for us. They don't have to be good enough for God, but they got to be good enough for us. 888-3187-884 is the number I think I know who is on the line. Uh, Drew in Cooperstown, New York, listening on 1460 AM. Are you there with us, Drew? I am here, and I, I hear you dividing the audience, but I want to say that I'm pro Cy Kelly. Oh, yeah, thank hey, you. there you go. I have to tell you something. I, 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 I know who this is. This, remember I told you about my best friend before? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is, this is him. He's a com- – Hey, Drew. Why are you, why are you calling me at work? <laughs> Uh, I'm calling because I was wondering about the sort of the role of Jesus in the arc of a friendship, especially as sort of men age and don't spend as much time together. What's sort of the role of Jesus in trying to be disciples of Jesus in your friendship over the lifetime of a friendship? All right. Men. Yeah, oh. Drew. Oh. Go ahead, Dave. Okay. So, Drew, uh, I'm going to take one step back and say that the, the purpose of friendship, you know, God made us for communion. He made us for this need to be with each other. And uh, the first question to ask is, why did he make us that way? He could have made us any way he wanted to. Um, He could have made us so that we'd be fine all by ourselves. Just, um, you know, why aren't we all hermits just dedicating our lives to prayer? Um, And I think the reason for that is because we're made for communion because we're made in his image. And he himself is a communion. And so friendship in this life is practice so that we can be friends with God. Uh, Friendship is a sign that points to our eternal destiny where we will spend all of infinity being... All of infinity, not even part of it. Right, all of it. And beyond. And beyond. Yeah, infinity and beyond. Exactly. You should coin that. That's a good line. (laughs) Thank you. But friendship is is ultimately about God. It's about Christ. And so um, once you know the end... Of a thing. Once you know what something is for, now you know how to do it well. Um, now you know if something is good or bad. So when we look at friendship, friendship is to lead us to Christ. It's to lead us to God. And so if Christ isn't part of it, then it's a bad friendship. I mean, 
if you have a relationship with someone, they are either reinforcing you in virtue or vice. Uh, there's a saying that you are essentially the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Okay, so there's there's this effect that when you're friends with someone, their their phrases, the things that they say, end up becoming your phrases, and you start to say the same jokes as them. I mean, all of Adam's jokes are mine. Okay. <laughs> He stole them from me, but their habits become your habits. You have a way of becoming more like each other. And the same is true in marriage. Um, so if you're spending time with someone who is not a good example or helping lead you and grow you in virtue, um, because I've had friends, uh, in college, you know, there were friends that I had to kind of leave behind because they just weren't a good example for me. And once I realized that that was a really difficult thing for me to do, but, um, that is why Christ must be the center of your relationship, because that's what, re- that's what friendship is for. Um, you right. want to yep. take the well, second I mean, half of his question? Because I, I pretty much nailed the first half. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer is always Jesus, right? So like, <laughs> right, yeah. in, in, anytime, somebody, anytime, anytime somebody calls, the answer is Jesus, and we can go to the next caller. Uh, but, no. but like you said, yeah, human friendship is the natural preparation for, for entering friendship with God. And naturally, so if that's the case... Friends don't let other friends sin. If David said, you know, what David said, if we know the end and we know that we're supposed to be in communion with God and our friendship is preparation for us to be in, in the unity, in the whole body of Christ, the, the communion of saints and our beautiful mother and, and the beatific vision, if we're all supposed to be doing that, then, then friends don't let friends sin. Yeah. And so, again, that's, so, that's why it's so important to have people around you that are pushing you towards the virtuous life. Yeah. And Tim, uh, as far as maintaining long distance relationships, long distance friendships, communication is, uh, the oxygen of friendship. So if you're not communicating, um, you could have the best friendship, but if time and distance separates you and you just, you don't communicate, then, uh, slowly that, that relationship, that friendship will fade. I would say call them at work. Yeah, yeah, call, yeah. Call them at work. Try that. That's a bad idea. I don't know where these two came from. Drew, is that all acceptable to you? Uh, marginally, yes. Good, good. Well, well you know, the virtue is, is like in the middle. Carol. It's the mean. So it's so maybe by marginally he means like we're in the middle. I I don't. We're the virtuous. No, no, I'm just being. He's being a smart I'm just aleck. Joking. No, that was right. I. What do you guys think though about the role of the sort of the kingdom of God, right? Because the the friendship is sort of a proleptic moment of the kingdom of God as well, right? So in addition is kind of being a moment of, of sort of growing in virtue, it's also this experience of God's love for us and one another, right? Oh, Amen. totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Drew. Um, I have to tell you, um, Drew said this about me once, and my other friends think that it is a perfect description of me. He okay. said, you are a great friend in theory. And I, uh, so, so when you say uh, that uh, you need to keep up the communication, uh, you're talking to the wrong end of that relationship. Thank you, Drew. I, I got to go. I got more calls. I got to go. Uh, let's go to Tim in Black Hills, South Dakota, listening on the great Real Presence Radio. Tim, delighted to have you with us. Your question for Adam and David. Hey, it was actually more of a statement, but uh, we, we moved out here a couple of years ago and we 
came from a parish uh, in on the east side of the state of South Dakota where we had lived there for 23 years. And, you know, the people we sat next to were the people that we hung out with during the week and on the weekends and stuff like that. And I, it took a good solid two years to actually find that sort of relationship over in this way, you know, and it, it was, you know, you have to almost find the right parish to actually to that fosters that community, you know, and, and sticking around maybe after mass and talking to each other and seeing how everybody's doing. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, let's see, that's Tim. Tim. Yeah, Tim, I, I definitely think you have to be intentional. We have to be intentional Catholics. We have to be intentional friends. And if that's the case, then that does mean that you have to stick around a little after mass to maybe introduce yourself to a few more people. That that means that maybe I do have to invite this person out for brunch to hang out for yeah. a little bit. I mean, if we're going to, if we're wanting to develop friendships, you know, sorry, it's one thing to say, I want to go to Ireland because I do. I want to go to Ireland. My, my family's from Ireland. I'd love to go. It's another thing to say, I'm planning to go to Ireland, mm-hmm. you know, because if I'm planning on it, then I'm saving money, then I'm picking out a date, then I'm packing my bags, I'm getting everything ready. But if I just say I want to go to Ireland with no end in, in, in sight, then I'm just wishing. I'm not really actually doing anything. So you have to be – if I want to be intentionally going to Ireland, I need to prepare for it and plan for it. If you want to be an intentional friend, you have to intentionally plan on it and, and ask people to, to hang out with you. Yeah, and Tim, I would say that you know your experience is probably common for many, many people when they move somewhere new. And I think that's just one of the things uh, that we need to work on as a church is being welcoming. So um, I want to kind of flip it. And say that, you know, from the other end, now that you do have a good community, uh, we need to all be aware of new people. If you see someone new in your parish, go talk to them. Don't just say like, oh, yeah, I saw someone new. Isn't that Protestant? Like, can Catholics do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. We are allowed to, yeah. Oh, okay. To be hospitable. Yes, Really? Uh, all right, okay. I have a friend who's so good at this, and he'll, he'll if he sees someone new, he's like a beeline for him. And him doing that has brought a couple families into the church just because he went up and talked to them. Wonderful. They decided to become Catholic. It wasn't yeah. even necessarily the doctrine that convinced them. Right. Um, right not at first. So it, we have to do that. So if you see someone new, just go up and say, hey, you don't have to like move in, you know, like to an, uh, you don't have to share an apartment with them. You know, just be friendly because it makes a huge difference. What do you think, Tim? Oh, I got, I, 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 I think you're about, like, can you tell me? Yes. yes. Hello? Okay. I was thinking you're, you're spot on with that. It does take an effort. And, and Adam, I'd just add that uh, our ancestors probably come from the same area because you and I share the same last name. What? Hey, no what? kidding. Well, you two should plan to go to Ireland, all right? Don't just say you're going to Ireland. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Uh, thanks, everybody who called. Our guests have been Adam Minahan and David Niles. Their program is The Catholic Man Show. You can find it at catholicmanshow.com. You can find out about all about their efforts to continue the traditions of Catholic Radio right here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. We're going to continue. Uh, second hour, you're going to be delighted with our second hour end of the week guests. But I'm going to leave you hanging. We'll get to that right after this. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I am Cy Kellett, your host. Delighted to be with you. 
Uh, again, we're broadcasting. If you're just joining us, uh, we're broadcasting from Oklahoma today, not from our usual spot in Southern California. It is delightful in Oklahoma here in Broken Arrow, which is right next to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, all together makes a very, very fine area where apparently people live in teepees, but I, I'm not sure if they're teasing me about that or not. Uh, we're, we'll talk about fatherhood this hour. Last hour, we talked about uh, authentic friendship. And if there's a if there's a crisis in friendship, uh, I don't even know what the word is for the situation with fatherhood. Uh, and I, I imagine we will, over the course of the hour, discuss uh, some of the causes of what has gone into uh, basically breaking fatherhood as an institution in many ways in our society. Uh, but uh, we Christians, we Catholics, um, and all people of goodwill need to recognize the important place, the role that fathers play in the lives of children, their own children, other people's children, and society. Uh, it is not an option for society uh, to have good fathers. Either you got good fathers or pretty soon you won't have a society at all. Uh, to join join me uh, here to talk about the situation with fatherhood and uh, talk positively about fatherhood, about what fathers can do, what fathers bring, and what fathers can learn to bring if they haven't been bringing it already are David Niles and Adam Minahan. Uh, the two creators and hosts of the Catholic Men Show, I'm uh, delighted that you two were able to stay for another hour. We're happy to be here. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Cy, you're making a big mistake, but, you know, we're happy to be here. Wait, why am I making a big mistake? I'm oh, having saying, you on for yeah, another hour? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm. I, I, I could feel that that this is a potential disaster yeah. we're, we have on our hands. But we'll. It's like a slow car wreck that you just can't look away from. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, if you have questions about fatherhood, if you'd like to talk about uh, your own uh, role as a father, or maybe uh, if you are someone who feels that you can offer some help to someone who uh, needs some help in their fathering, eight 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 three one eight seven eight eight four triple eight three one eight seven. 884 uh, is the number. Uh, fatherhood, we, well, let's uh, let's give our uh, bona fides then. Uh, all fathers, uh, you are both in your um, uh, fertile years of marriage, so you, we don't know where you, you keep having them. You got one coming in November. I, I do. I have a, a little boy coming in November, yes. I'm uh, excited. So it'll be two boys, a girl, and another boy. Two, all right. And now, this is the thing. You live across the street from your best friend, David Niles. Correct. And you have a bunch of boys. One yes. little girl, mm -hmm. Rose. No. No, uh, no, no, Anna. Anna. Yours is Rose. Yes. And you uh, decided, well, since we live across the street from him and his gaggle of boys, we'll just have girls. Yeah. Right. So you got a bunch of girls. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose that's what we did. Uh, I really think it's um, just maybe a slice of justice. When I got married, I told my wife we could talk about having a girl after we had 11 boys. Oh, I see. Oh, you're one of those dads. And so now here I am with the three girls. And, yeah. And one and, of, and loving every minute of it, really. I know. It is wonderful. And yeah. the, the uh, Ro, one of your daughters is Rose, and it's her, yes. it's her feast day today. Yeah. today Her middle name is Rose, but today is the feast of St. Rose of Lima. Yes. Um, again, 888-318-7884, the number 888-318-7884. So uh, uh, fathers need role models. Yes. All right. My, uh, mine are, are Ernie and Bert. Uh, oh, nice. No, that's not true. I, I say, a, that I a, is too bad. <laughs> I have fathers and, and grand, a fathering. I don't have fathers. I have a father and grandfathers and uncles and all that. Uh, did you have experiences of uh, of um, good model fathers? I did. Um, my my parents, some of the, the best parents I know are my own. 
Uh-huh. Uh, my dad. You have not met my parents, though. He's a great dad. Um, just, I, I really can't think of anything that they would have, that they, they didn't do anything wrong, you know, and they were just always so, um, such the, the great example of what a marriage should be. So That's I, a beautiful I'm very blessed. I was from very, very blessed in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah same, and same here. My, my, my grandfather and my, fa- my, my father, they were great role models for me. And it's really interesting because, you know, I, my grandfather passed on the faith to my father, which passed on to me right. and, and so on and so forth. So if we think about fatherhood and what we do, and what we do not do has multi-generational effects. I and mean, you only get one shot at fatherhood. Like it's not like you get to play the rewind button and, and do it all over again. Right. So it's so important as fathers that we take our roles as fathers seriously mm-hmm. and that we, we, we remember that what we are doing affects not only multi-generations but potentially eternity. Uh, that's indeed correct. I mean, uh, Thomas Aquinas would tell us that the reason to have children is more souls in heaven. Yeah. And But uh, we have lost sight of that. I think many uh, parents have uh, the idea that get them to college or get them through college or something like that is, is the goal. But heaven is the goal that fathers must have for their children. Yeah, fatherhood is this incredible gift. Um and it pains me to see our culture spit on it so much. You know, uh, so I have three kids, and even with only three kids, I get comments about, well, you know, are you guys done? Are you guys done? Yeah. You know, it's as if the culture doesn't want fathers to be fathers. Um, you know, this ability to co-create life with God, I mean, that's crazy. It's, it really is. It's, right. It boggles the mind to really think about the reality of that. Um, and, and so the culture is trying to suppress that. I mean, vigorously they are. After my first daughter was born, I was, this is my first day back from work, and I'm walking in with a coworker of mine, and they looked at me and said, so are you, are you guys done? And kind of shake, shaking their head like, you're done, right? And I looked at them and said, oh, uh, this, you may, maybe you didn't know, this was only our first child. And they said, oh, I know, that's, but that's enough for some people. And I was just blown away that... Why are we having this conversation, right, yeah, first like, of all? Like, so this is none of your business, but um, the culture hates it. They hate fatherhood. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, the, the, uh, but that, at least what you're describing, is part of the, the um, anti-humanity of our culture. Our culture doesn't like human beings very much. I mean, right, you, you yeah. do hear more and more about... It seems almost obsessive, the reporting on human beings as a plague on the planet. Right. As if the real value is that the planet gets its a good night's sleep every night and, and you know, and nothing bothers the planet. Uh, but And human beings are troubling the planet. Right. That's what, that's one of the problems with, and I don't want to open a can of worms here, but the... Open it. Come on, Dave. The, the global warming crowd behind the, uh, you know, the, it's not maybe not the first line of what they're saying, but... Subtext is always uh, population control. Well, it, it I, works its way in there. Yeah, the, the population control, a, a disaster that perpetuated by uh, people in the 1960s uh, following Paul Ehrlich's uh, ridiculous book, The Population Bomb, a book that was wrong in virtually every prediction it made, but Paul Ehrlich still says, basically, I was right. Is that uh, the guy who said that the England streets would, were going to be flooded with horse manure? 
I, I do not remember the horse manure, but he said England won't exist as a country uh, by 1985. And this is reported as science by people like Walter Cronkite, who also obsessed about it. And um, and now we have this idea that there's there's this mysterious thing called overpopulation, a, a thing that has never existed. There's no such thing as overpopulation. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, we have this anti-humanist view. And so you're saying that that anti-humanist view means that we're not honoring fathers. We're saying maybe you should stop being so much of a father. Stop fathering so many people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I say that because um, that life-giving element is really the essential element of fatherhood. There's, I think, what most people think about when they hear the term fatherhood is the day-to-day, the rearing of children. Yeah. Um, But even the rearing is a life-giving element. Um, You know, children look to their parents, parents, to understand their self-worth in the early years. And, and so uh, continuing to, you know, raising your children well with love is an important life-giving element. But um, if something is not life-giving, then it doesn't really pertain to fatherhood. Uh, you seem to have nothing to say on this. Is he a way better father than you? Is that why? Or I you, just concur. You should, takes, oh, I concur. That's yeah. going to be your... Well, okay. you know, he takes all my jokes and he, and he takes all my content. You take no. my jokes. <laughs> uh, the friendship hour is over, guys. This is ridiculous. 888-318-7884 <laughs> is the number. We're talking about uh, fatherhood this hour. 888-318-7884. Uh, the father has another weird role of modeling God to the child and... Um, and we're, you, I do think when you get to my – the stage of fatherhood I'm in where all my children are in their 20s, um, you realize mm, I wasn't a very – that wasn't a very good model. <laughs> you just – it comes becomes clear like I – you know, that a human being is not a good model for right. God yeah. in, in many ways. You just have to accept that. They need the real thing now uh, and they've got to find them. Uh, but it's a heavy burden on a father to um, – be the earthly image of God the Father for the first few years of the child's life. Yeah, and I think you, for, for children, love from the Father is spelled T-I-M-E, time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. you're welcome. I was doing the yeah. work, but yeah. I, I – okay. So I, and that's how, especially when they're young, they, they realize that the, the Father loves them because they're spending time with them. And so I think that a lot of times as dads, we kind of we can get overwhelmed and thinking like, I'm not being a good dad. Look at this dad over here. He's doing all this stuff. Right. You know, and – that that is not of God. I, that thought process is not of God. You need to just spend time with your kids. Your kids are going to know that you love them by how much time you spend with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my baby brother, um, uh, as all baby brothers can, he could talk to my father in a way none of the rest of us uh, could. And it was uh, he, anytime my father yelled, you know, raised his voice, my mm-hmm. my baby brother would say, "Quality time, Dad." quality time uh so i'm hoping he's out of the will for that but i don't know we're talking fatherhood uh with uh, david niles and adam minahan the men from the catholic man show 888-318-7884's number calls are piling up so we'll take a quick break we'll be right back with to take your calls for david and adam right after this hello this is archbishop alexander sample of the archdiocese of portland in oregon Keep that dial right here on Catholic Answers Live. 
Are you a coffee drinker? If so, you can now enjoy a coffee roasted to perfection by the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. Delicious Mystic Monk coffee is roasted and prepared by monks in a hidden cloistered monastery and is available in over 25 varieties. All Mystic Monk coffees are works of perfection and labors of love. For more information on how to purchase Mystic Monk coffee, visit mysticmonkcoffee.com. That's mysticmonkcoffee.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kelly, your host, coming to you from Oklahoma today, uh, where we are at St. Benedict Parish in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, the, this is uh, Broken Arrow is the home of St. Michael Radio, and we are uh, we're joined by Adam and David, uh, the men from the Catholic Man Show. Um, they had our our good friend Carlo Broussard on not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Carlo. On. I love Carlo. He's an awesome dude. Tim Staples. He yeah. was here. Trent Horn. Trent yeah. Horn. Yeah. They all rubbed it in when they came back. Yeah. Oh, have they? you ever been on the Catholic Man Show? I was like, no, I've never been on it. They're like, oh, it's really good. All the all the really good men have been on it. Well, that's, guess what? That's, that's, that's when you tell like tell them that some of us, some of you guys have to actually work every day. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I could act like I work. It would be faking, but right. I could act but like it. Tomorrow's your lucky day. You'll be, you'll be on the Catholic Mansion tomorrow. I'm, I'm really, I really hope you guys give me a hard time. I feel like that's an important part of it. Will you do that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay, all right. I can yeah. do that. Thanks. I mean, I'm kind of apathetic about it, but sure. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I bet you weren't apathetic when Carlo was on. Uh, 888-3187-884 is the number. We're talking fatherhood uh, with uh, David and Adam, uh, both of whom are fathers. And uh, David, I saw your wife here a little while ago. Did you? There she is. Look at her. Look how beautiful she is. Yeah. Uh huh. And then uh, your wife got here uh, early and helped. Looking set up like everything. she's delighted for August in Oklahoma right now yeah. as she as she carries your fourth child. Um, but uh, it's beautiful to see the families. Uh, there are a ton of people that want to talk to you about fatherhood. Shall we just go to the phones or? Yeah, let's roll. Yeah. All right. Andy in Tampa, Florida, listening to EWTN, Channel 130 on Sirius XM, Satellite Radio. You're up next, Andy. Your question for David and Adam. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Hey, uh, Catholic Man Show guys, you know me as the Whiskey Man. I'm glad I was able to oh, hear you hey, driving Andy. home and, and get in touch. It's just absolutely fantastic. Hey, uh, quick question for you. It has to do with setting goals for our kids. You know, my wife and I have been talking about this, and We've been looking at it with our, our younger ones as it should be heaven and not Harvard. You know, we, we've misplaced our priorities in the world and just wanted to get your thoughts on that as an approach as we raise our uh, kids. Yeah, so I think, Andy, that's a good question. I think, you know, what are the best ways to help our kids set goals? I've heard that kids listen to mom, but they watch dad. Oh. You know, so they, they'll watch that. So what we do here in the Minahan house is we have what we call mom missions. And mom missions are things that we have to do, that the family has to do on a day-to-day basis or weekly basis, uh, chores, things that we have to get done around the house. But we do it for mom, to help mom. 
So we set these goals of, okay, we have to make sure that we have we clean out the flower beds by the end of this week. This week, We have to make sure that we have all the wood chopped before the winter time, and we call them the mom missions. And so that way we're doing it not only to help them fulfill, know the dignity of, of work and to finish a, a task, but also doing it for another person whom you love. So it would be for your mother. So everything that we're doing in these mom missions or for, for, for mom. So I think that's a great way to help set goals is by, by participating with them and doing them, uh, incorporating them in things that you have to do on a regular basis anyway. Yeah, Andy, I would say that um, the priorities that you set as a family will shape the goals that the individuals you're raising end up um, aspiring for. Um, another, another thing that I've heard and that I try to put into practice at the home is that the language you use becomes the goal. So what I mean by that is if you are talking about virtues in the home, if you're using, if you're saying, oh, that was very generous of you, or, oh, that was um, very this, then the virtues become the goal because that's what you're talking about for your kids. So by, by holding them up as things to be attained, they will seek to attain them because that's what you are talking to them about all the time. Um, so the priorities that you set will become priorities for them. And but I think I think really you nailed it. I like that phrase, Harvard or heaven, and, and not Harvard, um, because Harvard is stupid compared to heaven. I mean, who cares if you went to Harvard? You don't even need to say compared to heaven. I don't think. But I mean, well, maybe that's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, picking it on depends. Harvard. I suppose it depends. You know, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, you're trying to be a, a lawyer. Maybe it's yeah. like, maybe it's okay. But when you baptize your kids, you're making a vow to raise them in the faith. So that right. is your, when you go back to like, what are our goals? Well, the, what are the first things that we make? promises do we promise to god that we raise our kids in the faith when they're baptized yeah. right so yes i think that you can although harvard or any college is a good option for a lot of people we can't misconstrue that and make that the ultimate end we need to make sure that we're taking our first vows our first promises especially to god seriously i have to, if i may just add my two cents Please. i yeah. think that phrase heaven not harvard uh that should be a bumper sticker i think it's it's we're um Sometimes in our parental anxiety, we are inflicting tremendous anxieties on our children. And uh, you can be, guess what? You can be a failure in this life in almost every way that the world counts and be a prince in heaven. And the, the thing the, that heaven, if we really truly believe that Christ is the one thing necessary, and we truly believe in heaven, and we and this is another thing. I think we Catholics should talk about heaven more. We should talk about what it is and why we uh, make that a goal. Not because we're trying to escape from the world, but because we want the fullness of reality, not to flee from reality. But it takes courage, I think, for a parent to say, "Look, I am not going to, you know, drive my child crazy about some standardized test or this or that school." But I am going to do everything I can, everything in my power, that this child is prepared to be an adult in friendship with Jesus so that this child can be with Jesus in heaven. The, I, I, I do think it takes courage now. Yeah. But I'm one of those people who thinks when they show the parents at the Olympics, you know, and this, their kid just got a 10 in gymnastics, their, you know, nine-year-old girl just flipped 43 times or something. I feel like they should have a section for the parents who said, no, I'm not going to inflict that on my child. <laughs> 
Like there should be a section where it's, no, I'm going to have my, my kid's going to get a normal childhood. Right. right. And, and I actually feel quite strongly about that. With a lot of time, we have to stop being an affliction to our children and sure. be, a, be a help to them. Yeah. I'm sorry if your kids are training for the Olympics. I apologize. Well, I, and really probably the affliction is the parents who did that to their children, who their children never had the aptitude to do that oh, anyway. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's even yeah. worse because yeah. you're setting them up for failure. I mean. Andy, thanks very, very much uh, for the call. Let uh, me just throw one other thing in here, okay? Yeah. Because um, I inherited my sense of humor from my dad, okay? So he was always kind of the jokester. But there are a couple moments when I think back into my childhood that he did something that just really left an impression on me. And I'm not saying that if you do this to your kids, it will leave an impression on them. But I remember being at the table. We're all having dinner. We always had dinner every night together, um, almost every night anyway. And we're all just having a good time. And all of a sudden, he kind of stopped and put his hands on the table and looked at us seriously. And he, he said, kids, remember, nothing matters if you don't make it to heaven. And kind of like, and we were all, we're all t- taken aback because it's like, yeah. Right. Oh, okay, dad. Yeah. Like, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then we went back to whatever. But that moment. that's something that that stuck with you? Like and that? and yeah. that so that when it comes to setting goals, um, just reinforcing that basic truth that nothing matters if we don't go to heaven. I think I forgot to take a break. Nick, did I forget to take a break? Oh, okay. 888-318-7884 is the number. 888-318-7884. We're talking about fatherhood. I didn't forget to take a break, so everything's all right. I will say thanks, Andy, for that call. We'll go to Brandon in Bismarck, North Dakota, listening on FM 91.5. Brandon, your question for David and Adam. Uh, howdy, guys. First, I just want to say thank you for um, kind of creating this medium. There's a lot of young guys like myself out there who were pretty bereft of sort of positive role models, uh, masculine or familial or otherwise. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to answer these questions. Yeah, sure. I'll try to keep mine quick. Uh, thanks. Um, basically, I'm a new father. My son was born uh, about a month and a half ago. And Congratulations. And I have made the decision. Thank you. I appreciate it. His mother and I have made uh, the decision to sort of pursue a sort of holistic upbringing, if that makes sense. Um, we're eschewing formula, we're, you know, all breastfeeding, trying to just keep things as sort of um, natural as possible, for lack of a better word. Okay. And so, needless to say, she is exhausted, right? She's up with this baby at odd hours of the night. He sleeps for sort of three-hour chunks at a time. And um, she's, just, she's just spent all the time, understandably so. Uh, conversely, I'm working eight hours a day, and when I'm home, it kind of feels like clocking in again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking, I'm, I'm cleaning, I'm doing laundry, I'm assisting with the baby. It's, it's kind of a dust till dawn operation. And it's great, it's amazing, it's a blessing. But at a certain point, I know that, or I hope to sort of expect for her to commit a little more um, to household endeavors, and I just want to ask, at what point is it appropriate to ask for more? And what is appropriate to expect at this point? Uh, we're all terrified right now <laughs> yeah, at this t- moment. <laughs> uh, uh, just first of all. Tread uh, lightly. Uh, yeah. She had a baby a month ago. Um, and it is hard. That for, I don't know that there's much in the world harder than the first baby. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, th- there are it's not that the baby is hard. It's that you've never done this before and you, 
and you, a lot changes. Uh, do you think? Would you guys say that's fair? The first baby is. Yeah, you end. Uh, the first baby, you spend a lot of energy on things that you don't do at all for the second. And oh, third. like baths and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, way so you, overrated. You definitely yeah. have to know that the end, like there is an end to this. It's not going to be yes. forever. That's for sure. No, right. That's that is the case. Um, I would. Uh, I w- maybe you have a male friend that you could sometime just hang out with and and dump all your complaints and upsets on and because uh, uh, your wife just had a baby one month ago yeah and um, and working eight hours and coming home it's very very hard but um, I don't know if you watched her have that baby but <laughs> that's harder and <laughs> and this is yeah this is a learning experience for both of you um, I don't know what yeah. so Brandon hit Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, uh, Brandon, let me uh, just a few things here. Um, your wife is your primary vocation, okay? Your children are uh, – we're talking about fatherhood today, but fatherhood is not so much a vocation as it is an office. Um, your vocation is to holy matrimony, okay? It's not to holy fatherhood. Fatherhood is a something that flows out of the vocation of holy matrimony, but she, your wife – is to be the most precious thing in your life here on earth, okay? Um, My father-in-law has a saying where he looks at his wife and says, I chose her. You guys just showed up later. (laughs) And uh, I think... I think that this is true, that the, the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother, okay? And so... I'm going to agree with Sai. She, I mean, one, you're one month in, um, and it's crazy and beautiful right now. Um, I would just give it some more time um, because as the baby starts to sleep more, she'll have more energy. Um, you will develop routines and habits, okay? And those routines and habits will become... Um, yeah, will become very helpful. And one month in, you just, especially on your first one, you just, probably those things aren't set yet because the baby doesn't have a routine yet. So... Right. Um, uh, there, uh, I, I, I wish. Uh, hang on, uh, Brandon, because I want to have a conversation a little bit more about this uh, when we come back. If that'd be all right with you, uh, Brandon, if you have the time, if the baby doesn't start uh, crying or uh, producing uh, <laughs> in the in, in the room, we'd love to talk with you. We're talking fatherhood with David Niles and Adam Minahan, the guys from the Catholic Man Show. Triple Eight Thirty One Truth is the number. Right back. We're ready and waiting for your call today on Catholic Answers Live. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Turns out that today, as back then, this question has a lot of different answers. So many groups want to appropriate Jesus, tweaking his identity until he looks and sounds just like one of them. But then you no longer have the Lord, says apologist Trent Horn. You have an imposter. In his new groundbreaking book, Counterfeit Christ, Trent exposes 18 phony versions of Jesus that we encounter today, helping you to recognize the fakes when you see them, explain why they're phony, and make a case for the full truth and beauty of who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Order your copy of Counterfeit Christ today by calling one 291 visiting the shop at catholic.com, or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Love and beauty. As a little girl, Dawn Eden Goldstein knew she wanted those things, that in them, somehow, she would find God. 
Over the years, as a rock journalist, she moved among some of popular music's best-known artists, straining to capture that transcendent love and beauty in every note and lyric. In Sunday Will Never Be the Same, Dawn recounts her spiritual journey in beautifully wrought detail, mixing powerful accounts of trauma, healing, and epiphany with funny anecdotes from inside the music scene. It is the rare conversion story that delights as it inspires, amuses as it edifies, and ultimately lays before the reader a lived testimony to the transforming grace of Christ. Order your copy of Sunday Will Never Be the Same by calling 1-888-291-8000, visiting the shop at catholic.com, or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders. Do you have questions about the Catholic faith? Listen for the best of Called to Communion on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and live on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Called to Communion on EWTN Radio. Now, back to Catholic Answers Live. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live, broadcasting to you today, not from California, but from Oklahoma, uh, where we are at St. Benedict's Parish with the men from The Man Show, uh, Adam Minahan and David Niles. Uh, they are also the, the men behind St. Michael's Radio here, right here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 888-3187-884 is the number. We're talking fatherhood. Brandon, I don't know if we dropped too much on you before. Uh, how are you feeling about those answers? Good, and I just want to add as a caveat, I hope I didn't frame the question in a way that didn't sort of pay due diligence to the immense effort that she's putting in. It is something that I appreciate and I'm you know, eternally grateful for every day. Um, you guys had just mentioned those, those rituals and those routines that you formed with your wife over time. And I, I guess I was just wondering, when do those form, and do they form naturally, or is it more efficacious to sort of bring them up? Oh, I'd bring them up. I mean, I think yeah. you've got to talk about that stuff. I, I just, uh, you know, um, you also have to sleep, you know. <laughs> like you, right. You know, right now you're in what's it, what we might call crisis mode. Yeah, you're you just know, trying to survive right now. trying to make it through the days. But you've got to talk about that yeah. that stuff. And you have to build those routines uh, together. And uh, hopefully you can both get what you need. Um, uh, and I would and, encourage her to reach out to fr- – if she has friends who have – you know, kind of, or a little bit ahead of you guys on the the baby schedule. Yeah. Um, talk, to, have her reach out to other other women um, for good advice there. And this is part of why I wanted to come back to Brandon is that the the reality is that people are so mobile in our society now. They're often not w- where mom and dad live, or their sisters and brothers are, or, or that kind of thing. So they're off somewhere, and we tend to live a kind of you know nuclear family existence. And the nuclear family is not necessarily the model god's model of family that's yeah, that's yeah. not like we're supposed to help one another um mm-hmm. like a mom isolated in home at home all day with a baby is actually not the way do you think that that's how the virgin mary did it that is not how she lived she didn't like you know uh, there were other women there were people around there was community and we just don't live that way anymore i per myself i feel it's very, very unfair to mothers. It's, prof- it's just a tremendously unfair to mothers because they're, they're trying to do a very natural thing, mother a child, in a way that actually is not natural, that in a way that's very isolated and isolating. And so 
a, a woman can feel alone and abandoned and all those things. So I think you've got to be sensitive to those things uh, with your wife, but with yourself as well. At Catholic Answers, we have all these young families, and I notice every time one of them has a baby, which is like every week somebody's having a baby, they all rally around. They all, they're all cooking meals uh, you know, for that family. They make a little some kind of internet calendar and everybody signs up uh, to make a meal. Um, and that, I, I, I like the way that they're, that, that they're, they're at least modeling a kind of community there, all these young Catholic answers folks. But I, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I wanted to encourage you, but also to say it's, um, this is not the way, this is not God's model of family, a husband and a wife and a child isolated in a home. Mm. Um, you, you can, that can make saints out of people, you know, struggling through that. But that's a cross to bear uh, that really I don't think God wants us to bear. He wants us to have help. And 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 it's not. And for many uh, families, young families, that help is not there. So, uh, Brandon, with full understanding, you are in the crisis time. This is a whole new thing to you. We'll all, we'll pray for him, right? Absolutely. We'll, we'll sure. Pray, yeah. we'll, we'll all keep you in prayer, uh, Brandon. Uh, and your wife and child as well, and and many more. I hope that uh, you know uh, many more to, to you and your wife. Um, and thanks for the call. But I got to keep moving because there's a million people who want to talk about fatherhood. Literally one million. John is next, calling from California, listening on the EWTN radio app. John, your question for David and Adam. David and Adam, it's your it's your brother John Sablon from California. I've called. I'm going to call him. What up, you John? Guys. You're going to help. <laughs> no, hey. I- Hey, actually, I actually, it's a comment that I want to, would like you guys to comment on, especially for Brother Brandon, who just called. And I think when it comes to um, fatherhood and really being a spouse, it's really understanding the biblical masculinity. When Adam was called to till and keep the garden, those words in their original Hebrew are to serve, protect, and defend. And so... You know, for Brandon and for every other man out there, it's really important to understand sacrifice and that we are the chief servants in our home and the chief protectors and chief defenders. And to understand the, you know, as JP2, the great said, you know, the, 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 the man is the dimension of self-gift. And so for all, especially these young men who are coming into this and really not understanding or seeing it from their wives' perspective, is that marriage first and foremost is about sacrifice and that's how true love is actually measured right no greater love than this so we see to the cross and so i think just for brandon and every other man out there and i'd I'd love for you guys to comment on that is to really understand sacrifice as really the the core element of what we're called to do for our families as husbands first and then fathers okay john Um, and and then let's let's let john let's let david and adam uh, respond yeah, absolutely. I, to- I mean, obviously, I totally agree with you, John. I think that that's uh, a, a very well point. I think in, in Vatican II documents, Lumen Gentium, I think around number 10, th- it talks about the difference between ministerial priesthood and the domestic priesthood. And as fathers, we're the domestic priests of our home. Uh, the catechism talks about the domestic church and how we're supposed to make sure that we're you know, as as the priests of our home, that we're what we're doing, what we're offering blessings and we're offering sacrifices, and so if we're offering sacrifices and we're trying to pr- protect, provide, and establish, we realize that as fathers, that this is now going to be our role. So as as baptized Christians, we're we're like I said, we are the the domestic priests of our home, and so that and as domestic priests, we're going to be a, uh, offering sacrifices. I think it's funny that. Uh, Whenever you have a father, you realize. Whenever you become a, a father and you have a child, you realize that you are. No, it's no longer about you. 
is if you didn't realize that at marriage, you you definitely realize that about when, when you when you become a father because this life is just uh, completely 100% dependent on you. So I I definitely agree that like you said, no no greater love is this than sacrificing yourself. And as Mister uh, Domestic Priest of our home, we have to be ready to be. Um, uh, we have to be ready to sacrifice for our family. Right. And like you said earlier, Adam, the answer to every question is Jesus. So uh, Jesus, of course, gives us the best example of this on the cross. Um, this is the sacrificial love that especially as men, we're all called to, we're called to lay our, our lives down for our wives um, in service to them. Um, we are, like you said, the, the men, the father has three jobs. He provides, he protects, and he establishes. Okay. So he, um, you know, does the basic necessities, you know, the food, shelter, but he also is, it's his job to give, um, the children, especially I think sons, at least sons in a very special way, uh, set them on the right path in this world. You know, traditionally you think about sons learning a trade from their, from their father. Um, and that doesn't happen in the same way anymore, but we still have to establish them, um, especially in the trade of religion, if you wanted to put it that way. Um, make sure that we are training them in what they need to know for life. And that means that we are going to give up ourselves. Um, that means we probably won't get to watch as much football on Sunday as we did before we had kids or before we were married. That means that we probably won't get to spend as much money on all the stuff that we used to spend money on and enjoy. Um, but these things are good and that is what it's, it's our responsibility. Um, because as the father, we, uh, we hold the highest office in the home. Okay. Um, we have the first authority. Um, it's not that the man has more authority in the home over his wife, but he has first authority. So it, it's not like a general and uh, corporal where the general simply has more authority. Uh, with, the husband and the wife, the husband's authority simply comes first. Um, and so it exercises its place before the wife. And that is important because that puts us as the leader. You look at King David. He was the leader of Israel. Why is that? Because he was the first one into battle. He was the one who was going to lead and put his life on the line before anybody else in the kingdom. And that is what gave him the right to be king. Okay, and so we're we're baptized as priest, prophet, and king, mm -hmm. um, and that's what that's what that means. Um, our, our kingship is in our our ability and our duty to lay down ourselves for one another. Which, again, Christ is the ultimate example. John, uh, thank you very very much for that call. I uh, appreciate that. Eight 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 three one eight seven eight eight four is the number. I'm going to just keep moving because there are lots and lots of people who want to talk with you, uh, you gentlemen about fatherhood. We go to Richard uh, now in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Richard, uh, your question or comment uh, for David and Adam. My heart went out to Brandon. I'm the uh, father with nine children. I'm uh, just about 65. And I think a couple of things that made it easier, uh, especially when Brandon talked about cooking. So my wife would kind of have to teach me for the most part, but she would have me make one meal and freeze one meal. And so I guess my idea is to try to make it simpler uh, and less uh, of a burden on himself and therefore easier for his whole family. 
And then the other thing that I found uh, that was given to me was a thing called couch time. And every night I would sit on the couch with my wife holding her hand and just listen to her for probably 30 minutes. And it might have been, seemed to me to be the same thing she said to me the, the five days prior. But it meant so much to her that I cared and I listened. And uh, I think those two things really helped us uh, get through the early days of uh, the first one, but also opening our hearts again and again to each additional child. Oh, God bless you, Richard. I, I'm, I'm not sure that you are correct, though. I don't think women like it when you listen to them. Um, <laughs> uh, am I... <laughs> Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. Father of nine with some advice uh, for Brandon. I, I'm so delighted that Brandon called at one month because um, yeah. that's, I mean, uh, you know, you're starting out on, on the hardest thing you're ever going to do. And how wonderful to have a man like Richard call and uh, and give that advice, you know. Um, uh, Richard, thanks. You guys, any comment on what Richard just said? He's, I mean, he's got, he's the uh, the authority there, I think. But yeah, make things simple if you can. I mean, That's what you got. He said two things. Oh, and oh, make things simple. Oh, and listen to your wife. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. If, now, if now you haven't, okay. if you haven't seen the video called "It's Not About the Nail," do yourself a favor and Google it. It's not about the nail. Okay. All right. That's about listening. You will learn a lot. It's about listening. All right. You will learn, learn a lot. Uh, we're talking about fatherhood uh, with uh, two fathers, Adam and David, the men from the Catholic Man Show. 888-318-7884 is our number. I'll remind you one more time uh, before we go to the break, uh, we have a free ebook for you, Face to Face with Jesus, the Catholic Doctrine of the Eucharist. You can download your free copy of that ebook just by clicking on the free ebook banner at shop.catholic.com. Face to Face with Jesus, the Catholic Doctrine of the Eucharist. If you only learn one thing this year, and it's about the truth about the Eucharist, you had a good year. Go over to shop.catholic.com, click on the free ebook banner, and get yours. This is Bishop Chad Zielinski from the Diocese of Fairbanks of Northern Alaska, and you are listening to Catholic Answers Live. Is prayer powerful? St. Alphonsus Liguri put it this way, he who prays will be saved. He who does not pray, well, you get the point. Prayer can bring us salvation. It's the means of putting us into communion with God, and God can do all things. The more our will lines up with the will of God, the more powerful our prayers, and the simpler they become ultimately, be it done to me, Lord, according to thy word. That's the prayer God will always answer. St. Paul's street evangelization isn't like other evangelism you might have seen on the streets. We don't yell, and we don't force anyone to pay attention to us. Instead, St. Paul Street Evangelization is committed to presenting a positive, passionately Catholic presence to a world hungry for truth. For more information, or to start a chapter of your own, go to www.streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. It's time to do our part. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Delighted again to have you with us. Where I'm here, I got to come over here to uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and hang out with the men uh, from the Catholic Men's Show and with a whole bunch of folks here at St. Uh, Benedict Parish in Broken Arrow. And uh, thank you all, by the way. Thanks, all of you, for coming out. Was it for the radio program or the free pizza? Which thing got you out here? 
It looks they like it was the free pizza. Yeah, I think it was the free yeah. pizza. Yeah, I think that settles it. Uh, we're talking fatherhood, uh, 888-318-7884, the number. Let's go to Jill in Colleville, Texas. Oh, Colleville, Texas. I always pronounce it wrong. Jill in Colleville, Texas, <laughs> listening on AM 910. I'm sure that's Guadalupe Radio. Jill, uh, your question for the men. It is. Yes. Hi. Um, I was just wondering what Adam and David might think about um, – a young adult relationship contemplating marriage where a girl is the devout Catholic and the boy is a Protestant who isn't always in agreement with the Catholic faith, but yet would have to be the spiritual leader and father of a Catholic family as a Protestant. What would your thoughts be on that? Well, first, I think that we got we got to go back to if you're raising children, you, you baptize your children, you're, you're claiming to raise them in the faith. So that would be you'd have to raise them in the Catholic faith. So I think that the communication would be very important uh, ahead of time before marriage of knowing what, you know, how are we going to raise our kids and how are we going to bring up our family? Uh, ultimately, you know, the father, it, the father is the key, you know, um, when, when you, when you're on your deathbed, you, you want, you want your kids to be able to say, I learned to love, and I, I know the Father's love because I saw it through you. You know, every dad is kind of the living icon of God the Father to their children. So, obviously, that if, if there's a Protestant dad, you know, they, they truly love their Lord, and, and you want to showcase and share God's love through them. But you also, if you're going to be having kids, and uh, the, the, the girl is, is a Catholic, and wanting to raise her kids Catholic, you know, that has to be said before they're entering into something so serious as the vow of marriage, the, the sacrament of marriage. Yeah, I think that my opinion is um, a little bit, it's not, I th- my opinion on this question is not a popular one. Um, but especially for a woman, you're saying, I want you to lead me to heaven. Um, yet as a Catholic, I'm looking, if I was a woman looking at this man that, you know, I'm, I'm considering marriage, um, he, if he rejects fit truths of the Catholic faith, to me, that's going to be a big issue. Um, it's going to be very difficult if you continue to reject some of these truths of the Catholic faith for you to do that. The point of marriage is to get each other to heaven. Okay, so if, that, that is the, if that's the purpose and one person is not really on board with that, um, I would be very cautious before going forward. Um, and certainly, if he is not willing to allow the children to be raised in the Catholic faith, I'd say that it's... I, if, I would encourage my daughter in this situation to say, if you're not willing to raise our kids Catholic, then I cannot marry you. That's a tough one. Jill, how do you feel about it? Well, what if they say, oh, absolutely, absolutely, they can be raised Catholic, but yet all of the teachings of the faith they don't agree with, it becomes a battle over every issue, but they say, you know, he, he would assure her, but I, we're going to get each other to heaven and, and we'll work through that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it seem like every, everything would just be a constant battle? And, and how unified, even though the agreement was in place, yet every, every thing comes, that would come up would just be a battle because I believe one way and you believe another way. And, and even though, you know, 
you agree to a Catholic marriage with a Catholic family, but yet you're trying to lead a family of, of ways that you don't really embrace. I, I would think I, that would be I don't know if it would be thing. a constant battle. I, I, mean, I suppose that depends on personalities, but everything will be harder. Every, yeah. yeah. And and I think it's a great disservice when we pretend like it won't. Especially if you have someone who is uh serious uh, or even two people who are serious in their faith. Um th- nothing's easier about that. There's it's not impossible. Um and it's not forbidden, but everything will be harder mm-hmm. uh because of it. And yeah. on that happy note, I got to move on, Jill, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Jill, thank you very, very much for the call. Uh, let's go to Anthony uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, listening on the Mighty Quest there in Atlanta. Uh, your question, Anthony. Hey, guys. I had um, just wanted to share, share something that my priest told me uh, when my wife and I um, got our marriage consolidated in the church that really turned, kind of changed my life, and I'm hoping maybe I help others. He told me, um, your job, as a father and husband, your only job is to make sure that they get that they become saints. So, kind of piggybacking on that, on what you guys talked about earlier about you know heaven, not Harvard. He said pretty much your job is to make sure that your family becomes saints. And when he told me that, it was kind of just a radical new perspective, and it just kind of bled into all my actions dealing with my family. And it uh, it definitely uh, you know helped me a lot and kind of changed my life. And I'm hoping maybe if someone else hears that. Uh, it helps them too. I tell you what, it's amazing what a good priest can do, huh? I mean, that priest was exercising his fatherhood over you at that moment, and look what it brought in your life by telling you the truth about your job as a father. Um, what do you guys think? What about what Anthony has to say? Yeah, I mean, I I agree 100, percent and I I echo that realization that when you take when you step back and you think about that. Wow, it does uh, kind of change the way you think about it, especially as the father, um, because it's up to you. Um, you're the one. You're the you're the one in charge of this family. Okay, you're the head of the family, and your wife is the heart of the family. So it's up to you sometimes to set the ground rules about how much television are we going to watch. How are we gonna are we going to give our kids cell phones? I mean, that's a huge a huge mm-hmm. decision, and. If you decide not to, it's not, you're not going to be popular for a while in the family. But that's the job of the dad is to step up and be the loving authority and, and do the difficult things because it is ultimately for their own good because you want to get them to heaven. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when you get to heaven, are you going to say, well, you know, like son or daughter, you didn't make it, but I'm really glad I gave you that cell phone. Not that, not that giving him a cell phone is going to, you know, th- that they won't go to heaven if they have a cell phone. I feel phone. like you're saying every that's child that they, gets a cell phone goes to hell. What yeah. I'm is saying. that what you're saying? No. Okay. Not what I, not, right. I mean, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but you no. don't have the statistics on hell. No. I'm sure you don't. No, I don't. But, but it does when you, when you think, step back and you think, wow, uh, that's, it, this is my call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, because it's part of my office as father to exercise this authority that was given to me from God and authority that we receive is not for ourselves. Authority is given to us for the good and for the sake of other people. Okay. So I have this authority from God in order for that. I might use it for the good of my children. Okay. And so if we're not using that authority, we're, we're 
doing a disservice to this office that we've been given. Um, God gave us this authority for a reason, and we need to use it in accord with his will. Um, you know, and so we just do the best that we can. Um, obviously, not, we're not perfect, but... Uh, but luckily, our Heavenly Father is. Yeah. And, you know, like we said at, the, at maybe the top of the hour, we were talking about how uh, fathers protect, provide, and establish. And I think the establish part is the toughest part, so I think guys can kind of understand that, yes, we're supposed to protect. Yes, we're supposed to provide. But the establishing part is, is the toughest part because you have to trust that once you lay this foundation uh, of faith and, and live the faith in your home, that they're going to go off and, and do the same. I have this, like, I thought about this the other day, you know, the passion of the Christ it has a flashback with Mary. Jesus falls down. What does Mary do? Mary goes running up these steps to, to coddle Jesus, you know, whenever he was younger and say, it's okay, it's okay. And she's, she's teaching him. And then it flashes back where Jesus is falling uh, with the cross and he, he looks over and he sees Mary, and Mary sees him, and she has that flashback of her helping him at that time. But she knows that that was the time that she established. She was establishing Christ, and so that way she knows that he, it's his job. It, like he, she can't go help him anymore. Right, right. And so I think that that that's the tough part. For, I think for for a lot of parents and especially dads is, is to allow them to be established, to take to to trust that one that Jesus loves loves your kid more than you do, and that you know and Sometimes a lot more. Way more, yeah, a lot more, yeah. Yeah, Right. You know, (laughs) and and know that, you know, the the work that I've done, you know, throughout throughout his life has hopefully prepared him for sanctity, has hopefully prepared him for the culture. So I think the establishing part is is kind of tough as a father to to take on. And I'll just say from my own perspective, it's so helpful having such a wonderful wife because she encourages me in this way so many times. She is Mm -hmm. often the voice of reason for me saying, you know, is this really the, is this good for our, ki- for our kids? Or sometimes is this good for us? You know, sometimes I get this notion like, well, we won't let the kids watch it, but you know, it, we'll, and then I realized, no, this isn't good for me either. I shouldn't no. be doing this. Um, and so you have to make these difficult decisions. You can just ask yourself with everything, is this going to get me closer to heaven or is this going to prevent me from getting to heaven? I mean, that's a, a pretty easy question that, we forget to apply, I think. That's why I listen to the Catholic Man Show. There you go. Right. Hey, shout out to all the Council of Man members, by the way. I had to do that before yeah. I forgot. Well, that was close, man. You I got know. that I close. Wait, I waited to the very end, but I wanted to make sure I said it. Uh, so, uh, what, Anthony, I, I, I'm so happy to hear that a priest made that point and changed your, not just your life, but your children's lives as well. Uh, uh, any comment you want to finish with, Anthony? Um. No, just, I mean, in general, I, I love the Catholic Mass show, and I especially love um, Catholic Answers. I love you, Cy. I love uh, everybody there. You guys do awesome work, and you guys really, really helped me um, when I chose to come back to the Catholic Church. And so thank you. Thank you guys a lot. I appreciate it. God bless you, you, brother. Thank you very, very much for that. Uh, what a great, that's a nice thing to end on. A, a man who likes Catholic Answers better than the Catholic Man Show. That what? was what he said, right? <laughs> I, oh, did I, I hear that wrong? I, I didn't, I didn't I, hear that. No, I, I think that that's part. what he said. Oh, okay. Uh, CatholicManshow.com is where you can find them. Uh, Adam Minahan, thank you very, very much for a fine hour. Really, what a, a couple hours. Really appreciate it. And, yeah. and whoever else. And you, other guy. Whoever, yeah. the, whoever the, else the is. Great David guy. Niles. Well, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Thank you very much. And you have a book coming out uh, with Catholic Answers Press. Yeah, hopefully 20, uh, summer 2020. Talking about virtues, though. The, the life of the virtuous. All right. And you? You're going to work no, on that book? No, I'm too smart to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everybody here at Broken Arrow at St. Benedict's Parish. God bless you. Hey, we'll see you uh, uh, next week on Catholic Answers Live.